Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the second edition of the PHNX Campus Crossover brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app. It's America's top-rated sportsbook app. This week, if you bet just $1 on any NFL game and either team in that game scores a point, you get $100 in free bets. It's just that easy at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. I'm joined by a star-studded cast of Mike Luke and (laughs) Brittany Boyer. Woo! Oh, it doesn't get any better than this. (laughs) It really doesn't. How are we doing guys? This is a pretty Wait. good lineup. Um, yeah, I'm I'm excited. I think it's a good day. It's Friday, Friday fun day. It's Black Friday. It's Rivalry Week. Ri- rival. I can't even speak English. Apparently, I'm so excited. It's Rivalry Week. But yeah, here we are. Looking for looking forward to it. You know, not a lot of times I, you know, could be going into a game with a loss. But you know what? I'm invigorated. I'm ready to go. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm probably the least fired up about this game. I'm a little scared still. I'm not going to lie, but um, it should be a fun one. Game kicks at 2 p.m. Um, tomorrow. Uh, yeah, just a, just a lot to look forward to. Um, I'm going to check the DK line, see if it moved. I know it was still at 20 and a half this morning. Um, yeah, but, when I yeah. had looked this morning around 9 o'clock, it was at 20 and a half. Love it, but love it. It's going to be a yep. crazy That's game. That's what we got right now. Sure. Yep. Got it. Cool, cool, cool. Um, all right. Well, let's let's just get right down into it. Um, both teams obviously going into the P and W last week and losing some rough games. Um, let's start first with U of A and Washington State. Uh, what uh, what 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 do we what do we see, Mike Luke? What do we like? What do we not like? You know, with U of A, it's kind of you know uh, one step back or one step forwards, two step back. Um, they've had good games this year against USC. Utah was another game that, uh, you know, you're coming off that game and Arizona was far more competitive in that game than I thought they would be. But then Washington State, before the game, you start hearing a lot of rumblings about Don Brown possibly moving on after the season, the defensive coordinator who has since taken the UMass job. And I don't know if it was a coincidence or not, because I don't think he's wired like that, but it was probably the defense's worst performance of the season. Uh, Washington State was essentially able to do whatever they wanted. And um, again, when you're up in Pullman, it's difficult. Um, anybody that's ever been in that stadium knows, especially if you're going in there without a lot of talent, that it can be pretty difficult. Um, but I, I, it, it was a tough game. It was one of their worst performances of the season, in my opinion. It was just, even in games that they've lost this year, they look spirited. And, you know, Brittany, Shane, this wasn't a spirited performance last week at all. So I didn't get to see last week's game, but I have seen a couple of other U of A games this year. For example, that Washington game um, that they played in at home a couple of weeks back, 
Uh, Washington ended up coming back to win that game, but I thought U of A for the most part mm-hmm. played a pretty solid three quarters, which I felt, I mean, it's hard to say that um, that's good football for some people, but I think in the case of the Wildcats, that was definitely an improvement from different areas that they had been in before. And, you know, talking about just playing, uh, not even just in Pullman, but against Washington State, um, you know, you're talking about how U of A's defense had their worst performance. And, uh, you know, ASU, ironically, that was the game where I think it, everything that they had been struggling with and able to really hide up until mm. that point in the season was brought to light. I mean, Washington State pretty much just exposed all their flaws, all their errors. So definitely is a hard game to play in. And I'm sure if you have the uh, chatter of Don Brown uh, possibly leaving to take that job at UMass, it doesn't help in terms of staying focused, going up there and actually playing a good game. So, yeah, there's a, a lot of stuff that goes into that situation in terms of the outcome of that game and how things play out, I think. We'll yeah, and there's there's so many right. things. Yeah, there's so many things with that Arizona needs to go right. And when they've played, you know, their their better games this season, the defense has been, you know, I don't they don't really force turnovers, but they've been stout. Um, and they don't turn the ball over on offense. And if, mm-hmm. if neither one of those happen or one of those doesn't happen, then Arizona's in a boatload of trouble. And uh, you saw that last week against Washington State. Yeah, and Washington State is a team that Pac-12 championship hopes are still alive, and it's it's what Arizona State fans would like to see from their team, what they did against uh, U of A. But the thing that does give me hope is if this was a game against a bad team that wasn't Arizona, but at the same level of talent as Arizona, I'd be a little more scared. But the players just get up for this game, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, and and you've seen chatter on Twitter already from some of these guys that and it doesn't matter what the record is. It just matters that they get to play U of A at home on Saturday. Well, well right. I think back to a, I think back to what, five, six years ago when Arizona, I think, was 0 and 8 uh, during the regular season or maybe about five years ago, 0 and 8. And, you know, going into the game against ASU, everyone's thinking that ASU is going to win. And I think Arizona ran for like 350 yards in that game, something like that. Um, That's just, that's kind of your point there, Shane, that, and Brittany, that this is just a different, this is a different rivalry. This is a legitimate rivalry. Neither program really matters on on the national scene, but both fan bases, except for us three, legitimately hate each other, like legitimately Mm -hmm. hate each other. Um, yeah, and that is true. I mean, I think it goes to varying extents. I mean, I have no issue with Wildcats, um, for the most part, unless they start coming at me all crazy, unwarranted. But, um, you know, I've had a lot of really great conversations with people who are from down there. They bring a lot of great perspective and, you know, they, they respect me. I respect them. So it goes both ways. But, um, it's a little bit harder, I think, when you're an athlete and you're in that competition mindset to be able to separate the two, especially when you get so, uh, caught up in it all it, it everything comes down to what you do on the field it's not the same for us as uh you know kind of spectators or just people who attended school at one or the other uh, but for the actual athletes I think it has a whole different meaning to it as well so yeah mm-hmm. I, for, for me the, the the rivalry thing in all sports I've never I've never hated uh, a person because of the school they went to it's more of a hatred of the overall school and uh and you, <laughs> you know what i'm saying like yeah, i know exactly uh, what you're saying i don't understand why people like people that can hate a, a, a person because of what school they went to that's just me uh, but i know people that do so we'll let them be uh let them be themselves for that part right for sure yeah man i don't know i don't get it i feel like as lo- it's 
you can have the rivalry. The thing that's weird about the rivalry to me is that it, no one talks about how it's kind of like systematically unjust what they were like, what was being done in a way. And it's like, it just was, was weird to me. Um, and, and that's all stuff that's historical in terms of like the oppression in a way it's, it's oppression, but it wasn't oppression. I don't know. I can go on a whole rant about this. It's a conversation I would love to have with people sometimes because it's not really a rant. It's more or less like a, my mind starts wandering and I could just Ooh. ramble about this. We got time, Britt. Go talks. ahead. We got time, Brittany. Go ahead. <laughs> um, okay. So like, it's, it's just kind of weird uh, when I think about it, because at least from a Sun Devils perspective, I feel like the, the reason that everybody is so upset from the Sun Devils side is, is it comes back to oppression and feeling like um, you were being held back or denied um, this. I don't want to say an opportunity because anybody could have applied to go to U of A and they didn't, they chose Arizona uh, state college at that time for whatever reason or Arizona teacher college. Um, and they didn't, but just the oppression factor that kind of goes behind it in terms of always being the little brother. Um, I don't know. Sometimes I don't understand the snobbiness that comes along with the football rival rivalry aspect of it, because it's like, um, ASU wasn't able to compete at the same level. The funds weren't the same, all of this stuff. So it's like, they weren't really on the same playing field until then. Now, basketball is a whole different story. I'm not even going to get into that. ASU's basketball program has historically been fucking light years behind, so I'm not even going to try and pretend that that's something to talk about. But the football aspect does get me a little confused because it's like, hmm. The one thing that I've never – the one thing that I haven't understood about ASU football really ever is that – well, certainly in the last 20 years is – I get why Arizona football isn't necessarily good. Because you don't really have much of a local talent base. Now, sir, like any good player goes to – now, I mean, and a lot of the good players don't stay here. You look at Bijan Robinson at Texas and Lathan Ransom. And you know Ohio what's State. crazy is I've had conversations with people who have specifically said Bijan has told them if they would – if the Wildcats would not have fired Rich Rodriguez, he would have stayed and went to U of A. You guys can have Bijan Robinson right now. Isn't that nuts? Yeah, no, it's crazy. And, you know, Kevin Sumlin was an unmitigated – Kevin Sumlin was an unmitigated disaster, but the thing about it though is that in the last in the last uh, three years, you've got a starting offensive lineman at Washington from South Point, a Bijan Robinson. You've got a safety from uh, uh, South Point starting at Ohio State in Lathan Ransom. You got another kid at Coastal Carolina. Basically, South Point, outside of maybe Chandler and uh, Saguaro, is about as good a program at producing Division One talent. And the thing mm. with the Arizona coaches is in the past. They said, nah, we're good. We're not going to really recruit those. But I don't get that. For sure. What I've never understood, though, is why ASU football isn't better. Because you've got a you've got a program that's in the middle of the sixth biggest city in the entire country or something like that. You've got, I think there was a stat on uh, rivals where out of the top 40 players <sighs> in the nation, like in like 2018, like one or two of them stayed in state. To me, ASU is a program that should be good, and they're just not. Wait, really? Yeah. Shane, do we have? <laughs> I mean, I don't get it, man. I really don't. I have so much to say. Brit graphic. I, yeah, do we, we have, have it, one? but sure, go for it. Go ahead. All right, live with Brit graphic. Here's why ASU football always sucks and cannot get kids to come here or stay or produce any sort of national championship type of caliber team since 1996. Okay, so Arizona State uh, went through some coaching changes, really moved away from the Bruce Snyder hard-nosed mentality of like, we're going to get here, we're going to be nitty-gritty, we're going to get the job done, uh, and Coach 
Frank Cush also was very well known in terms of recruiting guys from in-state. Um, that kind of carried through into the Snyder era. era. They had some uh, lesser known players from the state that still were able to come in. They gave their all and they rose to the occasion and they took the team to the 96 Rose Bowl and also were Pac-10 champions that year. Um, since then, they had moved away from the uh, administration. Like I said, some coaches, coaching changes were made. Um, and really the culture of the program changed the, the way that they recruited, um, the ki- kinds of kids that they were recruiting and bringing in, um, the mentality, the discipline, what they let people get away with on the field. Um, and really, truly, I think the administration, as soon as Michael Crow came in, stopped giving a shit about the fan base. And I've been trying to prove this in theory, in a story. Um, it, it didn't really work out, but, uh, I think that there are clear signs they don't care about the fan base. The, the mentality is how can we bring in the most money from corporate donors and corporate donors want space to build whatever they're going to build. So they're getting rid of all the tailgating space. Um, they're really just making it a pain in the ass for fans to get out there and enjoy the time they have uh, with the football team. And I mean, the more you look at it, um, the less people want to go when people don't show up to the game, uh, then kids that are good don't want to go and play there. And uh, when kids don't go and play there that are good, you don't win. So it's a perpetual problem that's just going to keep going like this in circles and circles and circles. And everyone's going to sit here and keep saying, why are we a sleeping giant? And it's like, well, there's reasons, but like, let's actually sit there and look at it. I think the, the, it's just, we'll talk about this in a little bit, but it, it comes down to a lot of what the staff is. I mean, there's no excuse in the last couple of years um, with the, with the upgrades they've had to facilities and, I mean, the alert, the allure is here. Like uh, people would want to come to Arizona state if this team could just put together some consistent winning seasons. And um, now we'll talk about Oregon state and, uh, and, and how, how that went uh, to, to ruin hopes for ASU fans after hopes have been kind of put back into place. So uh, obviously uh, not, not a fun. Well, I mean, game they already for- were crushed before because Utah ended up just molly they weren't shit over. out of Oregon. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm doing, but they so. weren't over. 24 to 10, just not a not a fun game to watch by any means. Um the the block punt was the only hope ASU had to really get back into that game. All purpose yards, ASU was crushed. Uh no running game, couldn't generate None. any momentum. Uh Rashad White's legs were probably tired. Jaden Daniels continues to struggle. There were so many things um, to talk about. There were about. a ton of guys banged up last week. The car accident leading up to the game, I felt like was just a precursor for what was going to happen in terms of distractions, uh, bullshit, people out. There's just so many things before last week's game. And it was one of those games that from the moment the schedule dropped at the beginning of the year, that was the game I had circled that I was like, I do not like, do not like, do not like, do not like. Um, I pretty much expected it to be an L, but I did not expect it to be an L like that. ASU has played in Corvallis three years in a row. It's unfair. Stop it. Stop it. I don't want to go back there. Let me ask you guys. Let me ask you guys this because I've I've watched a. I actually and I look stupid, but I actually thought that ASU would win the South this year. Um, has ASU? I don't think you look stupid because we had the same expectations. Um, especially right. considering what everyone's conversations were going into the season. I mean, I'm sure you can probably relate. Um, I almost feel like it was very similar to the year that they put Khalil Tate on the front page of Sports Illustrated and said, give him the Heisman, and then he just didn't show up and struggled to produce all year long. I feel like Jaden Daniels has almost been in that exact same boat um, in terms of struggling to produce, can't show up, the pressure's there, eyes are on him. There was all this preseason talk, and he hasn't come through. So I, I, I know you can relate. So I look at the talent, though, just across the board, and you look at the running backs. I mean, let's just start at the skill spots. You First of all, you got Richard White. Then you've got a Daniel Ngata 
who is a top 50 to 100 player by some recruiting services, the top all-purpose yeah. back in the nation. You got Chip Trainum. You got three guys right there that have NFL-type aspirations where it's not a total joke. You look at the receiving mm-hmm. core. I mean, just look at some of the highly rated people you brought in. And L.B. Bunkley, or, uh, uh, LB Bunkley Shelton, yeah. a, a Johnny Wilson. I mean, these are guys that could have essentially gone pretty much anywhere. Jaden Daniels, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't really want to rehash anything more with Jaden Daniels because yeah. you guys have done a great job on that. But it's not like there's a lack of talent on this roster. I mean, you look at it up and down there, Shane, and this is a team that was ready to rock and roll. I've been saying it, been saying it all year, and 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 I, I will continue to say there will there will be some stuff that ASU fans and the nation finds out that is either going on behind the scenes or something is wrong because it it does not make sense with all the talent in the world on this roster. And it's not even talent at starting position. It's depth. It's depth across the board. Oh my it's God. depth on the offensive line. It's depth on the receiving core. It's depth in your whole mm-hmm. defense coming back from last mm-hmm. year and, and plug and play guys coming in. Um, we saw Markham get a chance and he was fine. I mean, the, right. the corner, and, it's deep. Yeah. It's everywhere deep. I, realistically, I feel like defense has done a great job this year. The only place I feel like defense really um, – kind of was a little lackluster was in last week's game that final 47 yard touchdown run to Coletto that they gave up um and that was I feel like largely in part to the fact that Darian Butler was not playing in that game yeah. that was normally where he would have lined up a tackle he would have made but overall though I don't want to focus too much in terms of defense not showing up that was truly where they were going to be the most experienced and I think defense has played pretty phenomenally for the most part this year the struggle and the most irritating part of the season for me has one been special teams I think special teams has been a complete joke you have Christian Zendejas who's just kind of been just like oh we've dealt with Zendejas like, we've dealt with the back? Zendejas family down here we we're, we're yeah we're I know you. That, that video that video of the missed extra point popped up on my uh on my YouTube recommendations two days ago I was, I was like yeah give me a I was, under, I was an undergrad at that time too and it was crazy being at the game Nobody in there. I've never seen any uh, a stadium more certain that somebody was going to miss an extra point. That's so incredible. I mean, it, no, like nobody was surprised. It yeah. was just like, okay, we're going to boo now. But yeah, we kind of saw that one coming. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I don't know if you guys saw, but the front page of the sports section in the Arizona Republic on AZ Central today was a story written by Kent Summers about, hey guys, the Herm Edwards experience is over. Um, yeah, and I read it. Calling basically for firing. What do you think about everything that's been going on in the past couple of years, Mike? And and do you think it's time to move on? Yeah, I mean, I, I would. Uh, this this to me, I understood sticking with him through like the all the COVID recruiting violations yeah. and whatnot. Because at the end of the day, you know what? If you can make a Rose Bowl, I know that that sounds short, but you know, at the end of the day, you'll you'll deal with the consequences. The problem that I think ASU has right now is twofold: is that first of all, they're not good. I mean, I know they're seven and four, but they're just not good. And you've got this looming specter of sanctions. And on top of that, you've gone from having maybe a top 20 recruiting class to what, what, three commitments, something like that. Yeah. So, I I mean, I don't know how you sell the fan. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you sell the fans in Tempe on another year of Herm Edwards, because you've already seen when you've got a loaded roster that he can't perform. And then on top of that, you have nothing to indicate that next year is going to be better. As a matter of fact, you would assume that next year is going to be worse unless, you know, uh, Trenton Borgay from down here in Tucson can come in and there and start winging it around a little bit. 
<laughs> I want to add on there. Trenton Borgay did play a little bit this year, and I was not disappointed with what I've seen from him. Um, I he can play. He's gone into some games a little bit earlier. Yes, right, all he of can the Borgay family can play. I'm a huge fan, a fan of, you know, even Ryland, the uh, mm-hmm. girl that's uh, really close with uh, Trey. She's a baller, too. Their whole family is just so athletic. Um, so I have wanted to see him play a little bit sooner, but I actually want to jump in on this Herm Edwards conversation. Because yeah. I have said it multiple times. I do not feel like the conversation and the dialogue that the university keeps trying to put out and push, especially in terms of firing Jane, uh, Jordan Simone for his comments that he made on Speak of the Devils and uh, whatever else it may be. You know, They really keep trying to push this narrative of like, nothing's been determined. Nobody's fired yet. X, Y, Z. Um, the coaches that are suspended are still hoping that they can come back. Like, okay, yeah, we're sure they're going to be able to come back. You know that that's not true. Uh, well, not that it's not true that they don't want to come back, but you know that the odds of them coming back are slim to none. Uh, you know that it's more likely than not going to be that Hermed is going to finish the season either seven and five or eight and four. You're hoping it's eight and four, but is eight and four good enough to save his job? Probably not, especially when you tack on the sanctions that, I mean, and I listen, I'm speculating. I'm guessing there's going to be sanctions. ASU keeps pushing back and saying no. So, listen, this is just my take. But I think that at some point you're going to have some pushback from this NCAA investigation, no matter what it might be. Um, and when that comes down, uh, even before it comes down, Herm Edwards is probably going to leave. I, and now, I don't know if he's going to leave after the season. I think if he can get away with an 8-4 and four record and Ray Anderson decides he's not going to fire him, and Ray Anderson doesn't get fired because I personally think Ray Anderson's on the hot seat. I think a lot of people are ready to see him go. Um, then he might return. But if, if Anderson's gone, I think we will either see him have a mutual parting of ways um, where something happens and it's like, oh, well, you know, I'm stepping away because blah, blah, blah. And they're going to say he's retiring. Um, and that's what I think most ASU fans are hoping for because that will really open things up in terms of being able to uh, – work with a salary because you're not going to be still paying out the rest of Herms because it would be a parting of ways. Um, or I think they're going to terminate him because he didn't produce, but I don't think that one's as likely to happen. I mean, look at how he got hired. Look at the whole situation since he's been here. Look at everything with Ray Anderson, how close they are. I just, I don't see that one happening. I think it's going to be more or less the first one. Well, from one coaching position to the other, Antonio Pierce, uh, Mike Luke, you are uh I'm on this. I'm you on this. Was cooking. he the mole, Mike? Got, I need to know. You got something cooking. So, first of all, where is he going to go? Is he gone? And second of all, who's filling in at defensive coordinator for U of A? And is it Antonio Pierce? <laughs> um. Well, here's the thing. Can I get you to? Can I get you guys to admit this? That if there's an open DC spot here in Arizona yeah. next year. If Antonio Pierce is the defensive coordinator, is the mole theory confirmed? Yes, not confirmed. I'm 100%. on board. It's not Come confirmed. On, Come I'm, on. I'm on board. <laughs> I say yes if he's down there next yeah. year. But okay, here's something I want to talk to you about, Mike, because I have heard this, and uh, I, I hope this doesn't come off like a bad way either. But uh, I've personally heard from some people that there's a reason that um, Antonio Pierce was not considered for the head coaching job in the past. Uh, he yeah, doesn't necessarily can... have a great reputation with U of A. He doesn't have um, – I've heard he's kind of considered to be a little bit dirty I can um, t- in a sense. I don't know if that's the right word, but – I can touch on that, yeah. Um, so Antonio Pierce, he actually was kind of wronged during his time here at the U of A in that he was a good player for two years. And when he went to the NFL draft and, you know, the coaches come around and they're asking, you know, the head coaches about, you know, Antonio Pierce – they didn't really say anything good about him. 
Um, and, um, you know, you can pin some of that on John Makovic, uh, being John Makovic. Um, but Antonio Pierce was rightfully upset because Antonio Pierce is a, was a very good football player. I never saw Super him. Super Bowl be- winner. Yeah, a pro bowler. I never saw him becoming the player he was, but you could watch him here in Tucson and say that's a guy that should play in the NFL. So he's rightfully upset about that. Um, the problem, though, is I think that Antonio Pierce, what is very appealing to, you know, uh, recruiting kids in, you know, in L.A., in, you know, certain environments, isn't necessarily appealing to uh, athletic directors. Give yeah. you an idea from, and I've heard this from three or four people, and I believe him, so I'm going to run with it. Um, he was interviewed for the head coaching job here at the U of A. Uh, he was one of three or four people that was interviewed. And by all accounts, he was dropping F-bombs left and right in the interviews. Um, that's, you know, that's that's a difficult that's a difficult thing for a lot of people to uh, hire somebody on. I'm not opposed to it necessarily if I think you can be a good coach. But, you know, he's, he's cut from a different grain for sure. Um, he always struck me as the type, kind of my mole conspiracy theory aside. He, I always thought that he could be a dynamic college coach because I think he really does connect on a level. I mean, there's a reason that he's been able to bring in the kind of talent that he's brought in there. Um, mm-hmm. But I also think, too, I think this COVID thing is going to be a little bit more serious than maybe some people think. Mainly just because I think that there's a I think there's a long paper trail here. I think there's going to be a lot of stuff that's going to be very. Oh, difficult. there's so much. Yeah, and and I, and at the end so of the day, much. if it if they can actually prove that you were taking kids to parks and uh, you know and that uh, you knowingly were doing all of this, I think it's hard to stick by. I think it's hard to stick by him, especially when the results haven't been there. Just my yeah. take. Now, no, and I agree. I agree a hundred percent. But here's where I also want to get your your take on something because now, as a fan base, if something were to happen, like U of A went through all of their stuff with basketball and ASU's fan base went absolutely insane, so excited with everything that happened with Book Richardson and all that bullshit, and then uh, Sean Miller gets fired and mm-hmm. XYZ, here we are. Um, now ASU has the roles reversed. Um, I don't necessarily know how things are going to play out, but – I'm sure ASU or U of A fans are a little excited because this gives them a chance to catch up. However, my question lies in this. Um, When we examine both of the ASU slash U of A scandals compared to some of the bigger sexual assault scandals that went on at schools like Baylor and nothing happens, right? I agree. That's Mm -hmm. where I start getting very upset. And I kind of wonder as a fan base how you guys feel about that and and not just comparing one or the other, but if you were to compare – well, I guess, yeah, one or the other, but yeah. um, collectively take both and put them side by side with the Baylor problems. Um, mm-hmm. Would you support, like, if, because I would support U of A in terms of, like, not having as tough of a sentence as Baylor is going to get for what they did, same as I would hope that U of A fans would support yeah. ASU in terms of not having as tough of a sentence, because I think that sexual assault off the field is way different than yeah. a recruiting violation. Don't, like, I don't know. I, I couldn't, cool. honestly, I couldn't agree more. I mean, yeah. from, uh, uh the Baylor thing has always baffled me mainly because it seems that every time there's something like that, unless it's Penn state, the NCAA basically says, um, Oh, well, you know what? This didn't fall under the athletic department's jurisdiction or some just kind of total BS like that. I, personally with the Baylor's with the Baylor stuff that what went on, what wasn't reported. I think both those programs should be, done uh, uh I'm, I'm talking multi-year bans things like that because yeah that's not just cheating i mean 
what Arizona and ASU essentially did, let's just be honest here, was cheating. I mean, v- different forms, but cheating. Yeah. This is yes, totally very different. like very like second grade level cheating. Like yes. you're taking a like spelling ch- test and you looked over and yes. were like, oh, I don't know how to spell light. Oh, you're wrecking people's okay. you're wrecking people's li- you're wrecking people's lives with the Baylor stuff. And so yeah. to me, it's I, I, I couldn't agree with you more on that. Um, you know, just as far as the Arizona ASU. Yeah, I mean, Arizona fans are salivating to see what happens with, uh, you know, with uh, Antonio Pierce and everything. Um, oh, mainly man. because I mean, we're sitting here all just like, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Having this conversations made me start sweating a little bit. Like I'm a little nervous myself. I'm waiting here very anxiously for Sunday morning because I would not be too surprised if I wake up to a 9am alert, very similar to what happened with Todd Graham four years ago of, Hey, we're parting ways. X, Y, Z it's done. And the problem too that ASU, the problem I think that ASU is going to have is that there are so many big time openings this mm-hmm. off season that you're looking at. I mean, they're you're already looking- competing with three other programs in the Pac-12 alone that I've had coaching vacancies since hell week after week two of the season with USC. Like I was messaging Saul a little bit this probably a couple weeks ago and talking about how you know Billy Napier would be a great um the Louisiana coach would be, I think would be a great fit. He's got ASU ties, he's been oh, fantastic. Yeah. But and people the- loved him when he was here. Yeah. The problem though is that if you've got a Florida or a Miami you know, I and mean, Florida is now open because Dan yeah. Mullen just got fired on Sunday. Yeah, it, and you look at it, you've got those jobs. You've got LSU. You've got USC. So you've got four, like, real blue blood, t- four of maybe, what, the top 10, 15 programs nationally with open positions right there. So uh, that it's going to be fascinating. To, it's going to be fascinating to follow. Like I said, I've always felt that ASU should be a good job. It'll be interesting to see when and if Herm is let go. What they do, though. Yeah. Speaking of beloved head coaches, uh, Mike Luke, Jed Fish. What is a what, coming into the season? What were your thoughts, and what what are your thoughts now? All right, I'll be honest. I thought it was a bizarre hire. Mm-hmm. Um, it it made no sense to me whatsoever. I'm not a generally a big fan of. Uh, hiring people because you know them or you know you're friends with the you know the president um to me it made no sense because generally a guy like that that's been around that long that's never even in contention for a head coaching job and kind of just goes from spot to spot you know i will say this arizona arizona football stinks we know that (laughs) but they and maybe it's just the such the low expectations on the coattails of the sumlin era but this team has fought this entire season which is something that I can't say for Kevin Sumlin at all. I mean, they're in. I mean, I brought that up in, last week, Shane. Did I not? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got and so and one thing that I will say, and it'll be interesting to see if he can, this can continue, is that he's recruited at a very high level for yeah. Arizona. Weird. I mean, you look one hundred percent. You look at it, and I mean, you're going to be bringing in potentially four or five four star kids. That doesn't happen here in Tucson, and so very rarely. I, it's been years for you guys. Yeah, so I've got to give him a lot of credit in that regard. And the one thing, too, and I, I wrote an article kind of about this and about what um, – one, one of the most important things here at Arizona, and this is why I think Arizona was pretty good under Dick Tomey and hasn't been good since, is you have to want to be in Tucson. You have to want to – you can't look at it as a stepping stone job. You can't look at – although everybody does. You can't yeah. look at it as a, you know um, – 
I'm just going to collect a paycheck job because if you do that, it's going to you're going to end up like Rich Rod, who I never would have fired. I would have kept Rich Rod. I was totally cool with everything with what Rich Rod put out on the field um, or a Kevin Sumlin, which is just collecting a paycheck and not doing anything. Mm-hmm. So Jed Fish crosses off that box in that he I mean, he works 16, 17, 18 hour days and um, it'll be interesting to see what he can do because I think, and it's kind of a joke. I, I get it that people were like, Oh man, this looks so much different with Jordan McLeod, but they did look a little bit different with Jordan McLeod. I get that he threw the five interceptions against Oregon, but it looked like the offense could actually move effectively under him. He brought so, some energy. Yes. That's very well put. He brought some energy. And so I'm okay with what, I'm okay with what he's done so far this year. I had no expectations of winning any games. Um, and the quarterbacks they tried throwing out there, quite frankly, I mean, Gunnar Cruz is terrible. Um, you know, I know he's a Phoenix kid, but I think, but- I think he's personally better than Will Plummer. I'm going to be hundred percent honest with you. Um, mm-hmm. Not to be too harsh, but when I had very first watched Will Plummer play in high school, I will have to say I was a bit shocked to hear he had Pac-12 offers. Right. I think what's, I think what at least, and I'm not saying Will Plummer's good, far, far from it. Um, but I think the I thing didn't get Will, to see Gunnar Cruz play in person, so I can't comment on that one. The thing with, the thing with Will Plummer, at least he takes shots downfield. And I, I've talked with a couple of the receivers about this, and both of them off record said to me, they're like, you know, you were, you were close to losing the receiving uh, core if you continued to throw out Gunnar Cruz because Gunnar Cruz, through horizontal more than vertical. Everything was a two yard behind the line pass, everything. And it was like, and dude, it's what funny because I feel like in high school, he used to throw bombs all the right. time. I used to always see him hot, like on Twitter, his highlight 75 yard touchdown pass, blah, blah, blah. I mean, he really brought Castile to its dominance and it was mm-hmm. because of his explosive pass game. And if, Mike Leach, State, and if Mike so. Leach recruits, and if Mike Leach recruits you to be a quarterback, there's, he's obviously sees something in you. We just yeah. didn't see him. So we that's why I'm really here. surprised. I almost wonder if Gunnar Cruz is dealing with a little bit of the same issue that Jaden Daniels has been dealing with in terms of a lack of confidence with mm-hmm. his pass game. I, I think know. that's it. I think that's entirely it. I think that he's scared to make mistakes. And if you're scared to make mistakes, you know, it's you're going to end up on the, the short end of the stick. Um, at least Will Plummer, and again, I get that it's a low bar. At least Will Plummer tries to throw the ball to the receivers. So I give it back. Well, you you were high on Jed Fish earlier in the show. Um, and about the same level of praise coming from Herm Edwards um, earlier this week, uh, we have what he said on Jed Fish uh, earlier. Yeah, done a nice job of, of really, um, in my opinion, playing with a team that has a lot of injury. They, they run a little bit of the New England offense which uh, is multi-dimensional on what they do with players, uh, how they attack different defenses. Uh, he's got a lot of young guys that are playing. He's kind of building a program there. You can see it. Uh, they play very, very hard in all three phases of football. They really do. And they're very competitive. And it's, it's, uh, it's interesting to watch, you know, because I, I kind of know what he's trying to do. Uh, even when you play that many young guys, right? And I think at the first game compared to now there's development in those young guys they've got a lot of snaps under their belt now and they're more confident and they're going to get better so it's a hard task but he's done a really good job that whole coaching staff has done a good job and the players are responding well too yeah i completely agree with what he's saying in terms of development it's not just the team that's growing and playing better later in the season but 
a lot of guys emerging as um, n- not new faces, but new found roles and starring in what they're doing. Is there anyone that sticks out to you, Mike, that you think has really elevated the performance because of Jetfish? Um, well, on the defensive side of the ball, I think that, and again, I, I, Don Brown is essentially the one that is that is running this show on the defensive side. And you don't look at anybody that has a real a ton of numbers per se, but you've seen guys that have really started to step up though. And you know, a Stukes, a DB, you look at a, um, you look at a Jalen Harris who hasn't necessarily put up some of the numbers that people uh, wanted, but he's certainly, he's certainly developed. I think to a certain extent, mm-hmm. Trayvon Mason is a defensive lineman that has stepped up. Those are guys on the defensive side of the ball that I think have been really, that have been pleasant surprises offensively the one guy and you know it's going to be a bummer to lose him if he tries to go off to the nfl or if he tries to play uh somewhere else is stanley berryhill mm-hmm. uh stanley mm-hmm. berryhill one of the better and wide he receivers he had entered the transfer portal before didn't he and decided correct to come back. yes yes so he's been one of the better wide receivers in the conference he's also the victim though of not throwing the ball downfield i mean every single game it seems that he has seven catches for 56 yards i mean mm-hmm. you know that's not that's not really his fault per se, but you know it's just kind of a it's just kind of a matter of where uh, of where we are with this team. Um, as far as on you know the offensive side of the ball, there's just not a lot to really like on this team. Um, but they when they don't turn the ball over and they keep it close, they've got a chance. But if from an individual perspective, it's hard to really say that like a bunch of guys are sticking out because yeah. they don't really put up any numbers like. Yeah. The defense is bend but don't break, and the offense is terrible. So yeah. it's basically yeah. like that. Now the punter, uh, Tyler Loop's been fantastic. So I will throw you out there. There you go. Yeah. Uh, no, we'll, we'll, um, before we get any further in the broadcast, I just want to point out these little fun boxes on the sides of your screen. It's the DraftKings Sportsbook Drafty. app. The America's Top Rated Sportsbook app. Uh, this week, when you sign up using that promo code PHNX, you can bet just one dollar on any NFL game, and if either team scores a point in that game, you get a hundred dollars in free bets. Mike Luke, have you had any fun, uh, fun bets hit or come through for you on the DraftKings Sportsbook app? Oh, I, I did have a, uh, I did have a good bet. Um, I took uh, on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. I took Arizona money line against Michigan, mm. and you know what? Ooh. That I, I put down. I don't want to get this wrong. I put down six dollars and it paid out nine dollars and two cents, something like that. <laughs> no, it might that's not have been how I that. do stuff. It's a slow yeah. but steady gain. You have to. But if you're not Mike Luke, up. right? But if you're not Mike Luke and you actually have good funds and you <laughs> saw that, you would hop on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX, and you know what? You would probably throw down fifty bucks to win. <laughs> you know, 75, something of that. So that was my big DraftKings Sportsbook uh, app play that uh, I had. And you know what? I'll be having some more when it comes to the basketball season. I love it. Yeah, college basketball is the most fun to bet on. It's it's intoxicating. uh, I was telling uh, Johnny my favorite thing to do last year, especially during COVID, was betting the under on really bad uh, teams and just praying that that white boy that's seven for 24 from the three-point line keeps shooting. It's so fun. For sure. Right, Um, for sure. Yeah. So if you want to bet on some dumb things like that, head over to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, download it, and sign up using that promo code PHNX. Bet just $1 on any NFL team to score a point or to any NFL team to do anything. And if they score a point in that game, you get $100 in free bets this week at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. That's 21 plus Arizona only gambling problem. Call 1 800 Next Step. New customers only. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook 
for more details. All right, well, let's Before get Before we move the... on, okay, I have a question because I wanted to ask Mike Lucas. I had to go get my stats. Now, I'm weird. I like, okay, when I do my Pac-12 predictions every week, I have to, like, physically write down all the stats I want to look at first and then go in and, like, write my predictions. Even though I know what I am already thinking, I have to kind of have my stats there to prove it. Um, and also, it's just nice to have it all physically written down instead of keeping clicking and switching pages. Yeah, for sure. um, but I had known that looking at this, it also helps you get the stats in your mind. I had knew that Arizona had improved quite a bit defensively since the start of the season. So, you know, looking at terms of where they're sitting right now, 26th in the FBS for uh, passing defense. They're only allowing 199.5 yards per game right now on average. I think that's mm -hmm. pretty good. Um, oh, I yeah. want to ask you, though, because sometimes you do see this issue come up. Um, if a team's rushing defense is really weak, teams will sometimes run on them um, way more because they know that they can and they don't necessarily pass the ball as much. Is right. that something you guys have seen, or has U of A really done a great job of shutting down the passing game and uh, really forcing guys to have to run the ball? Well, generally what happens in the second half is that Arizona starts letting up because, mm -hmm. and again, the, honestly, it's just, you know, it's, it's no secret. It's because there's not a lot of talent there. And so when you're playing the entire time, you're going to start giving up, you're going to start giving up kind of those splash, those, you know, those gash plays and whatnot, or teams start to realize you're like, wait a second, we're playing Arizona. Why aren't we, uh, why aren't we ahead right now? You saw that a little bit in the Washington game where, mm -hmm. you know, Arizona outplayed Washington for three quarters. They did. They yeah. And even into the fourth quarter, Dylan Morris, as soon as he came alive, that was it, you know? Yeah. And that was kind yeah. of one of those things where it was, I'm sure it was very disheartening because it was one of those uh, Friday night games, you're at home. And, and Arizona, I feel like I also mentioned this before, too, just like ASU got screwed and played three times in a row in Corvallis, U of A got screwed this year. And I want to say you guys had three Friday games. Mm -hmm, for sure. Yeah, I think, but the games though, there's been a few games where Arizona just looked clearly outmatched in the trenches. San Diego state was the first one where it was just like, you, hey, I mean, they outmatched Utah too. So no, no doubt, no doubt. It was like, I, I want to say it was 21, nothing with like six minutes into the game or something against SDSU. So that was obviously a problem. And then, um, Washington state was another Washington state was another issue as well, but overall, I mean, the, the defense hasn't been the problem. If this, had, if Arizona had a confident offense, this is a team that, you know, I think could probably win five, you know, I don't, I don't want to get crazy here, but probably, <laughs> probably could have won four or five games this year. The defense, the, yeah, no, I know we're, we're going big right here, but so the defense, is, you know, it's been all right. I'll be interested to see what they do against, uh, um ASU tomorrow but overall no no real no real complaints you know Don Brown even though he was here one year I thought it has done a fantastic job he's certainly been the best DC that the Wildcats have had in quite a long time mm -hmm. well let's talk about what specifically is at stake tomorrow um ASU's looking to go five in a row against U of A for the first time since the late 60s into the early 70s um they're slowly creeping up on that record, but the but U of A is still up 49, 44 to one in the all time uh, record. Uh, and uh, yeah, we'll, right, that's these, right. For, yeah, for, for the, yeah, relishing that while you can. Um, for, for these players, getting up for this game should be easy, as we mentioned earlier. Do you think they pay attention a lot to what the overall record is or the trends that have happened in the past, or they just want to win yes, in the moment right now? I, I think it's. Yeah, I think it's kind of twofold. I think it's really important. Like when you talk to like a U of A alum, 
any of them that were three and zero against ASU or two and zero, whatever the case may be, that's generally one of the first things that they bring up is that you know you're undefeated against we're undefeated against ASU. Yeah. Um, that is a huge part, I think, of legacies on I think on both sides of it, and um, I think the thing is too is that Arizona and, or Tucson and Phoenix are so interesting because. There's set. There's such different personalities. They're only two miles. Two, two miles. They're only two hours away from each other, yeah. though. So these guys run into each other. They know each other. You know, from you know, a lot of there's a heavy Southern California influence on both rosters, and a lot of the people continue to live in ASU or continue to live in Phoenix or continue to live in Tucson when they're done. So that's always kind of bragging rights, especially too when you've got two programs that, like I said, nationally don't really matter. I mean, people in you know, uh, Florida aren't ever talking about ASU or U of A football. They're just, they're just not. So, I mean, I think the bragging and the territorial rights, territorial cup are are very big. And I think it's very important on both sides, to be honest with you. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, Herm is still, um, Herm is still undefeated against uh, the Wildcats. So that would be probably the nail in the coffin if he were to lose um, this game. You can't think that U of A is going to come up here um, not being annoyed, especially having to drive past the billboard. It's 70 to 7. It's still up there um, in Casa Grande on their way to Tempe. Speaking um, but, of. Yeah. I had to mm-hmm. wear this shirt <laughs> for a, not just because, well, one, because um, I know that Herm Edwards says he's sure that the players remember. He knows that the Wildcats remember this beating, which is why he's making sure his players are prepared for what they are going to come out in terms of uh, mentally. He knows that U of A is not going to come out there with the same mentality that they did last year. Last year, I think it's very safe to say that they had quit on Kevin Sumlin, and that was just their big middle finger to send him out. Um, It's not going to be the same this year. it's going to be a lot different, a lot more competitive. The players um, know what to expect with this game. They know that it's going to be both of the team's best games in terms of what they bring to the field this year. So, uh, yeah. Also, I also had to wear this because this was a very significant turning point in my life. Not this about me, a little side point. But um, I had to kind of spun off a wagon during the pandemic and hit a rock bottom. And one of the first stories I had done when I decided I wasn't going to quit journalism um, – was actually the story on this billboard going up and I had camped out in Casa Grande for like 10 hours and the guy who actually was behind organizing this uh, sent me a shirt to say thank you for my effort and dedication and so it's just kind of something that I keep I don't I've this is the first time I've worn it but it's something that I keep and just um, look back on in terms of like this was the first step in getting my life back together and now here we are again at this point in time and yeah just crazy. Anyways, that's my little side note. That's very cool. Here, that's very cool. Congratulations, Brittany. That's very cool. Thank you. Well, speaking of scores, um, honest prediction, Mike Luke, what's going to happen tomorrow? What do you think the final score is going to be? Um, <laughs> the uh, the more that I I go back and forth on this, um, I actually think I'm trying to talk myself into Arizona winning this game. Um, <laughs> I just if you guys come out hot, there is a, a chance. I am not gonna lie to you. If Arizona I, gets a hot start, I think that they actually have a chance because they will get in ASU's head right away. ASU is not a confident team right now. They are struggling and they are struggling offensively hard. So if UVA comes out quick, is able to beat the defense and get 14 up there quick, you're automatically gonna be in ASU's head. And I'm gonna say it right now. I'm gonna go ASU 27. Arizona 17, but 
You know what? I'm going to back the A on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, though, and I'm going to take the A to cover on that one, though. So I kind of wiggle out of that one a little bit. I I just have a hard time seeing Arizona winning this game. But this talk about I mean, this would be this would be one game that I would love to be wrong on my prediction. Yeah, I could see I, I could totally see a total collapse from both sides, though. I, yeah, I think it's going to be gross, though. I like that score. Um, I don't think <laughs> it's going to be gross as well. Good way of putting it. Yeah, uh, I think I, I don't think ASU is able to win by three full touchdowns. Um, so I might I might back the A also on the DraftKings. You're back in the now. A? Don't All tell right. anybody. Don't tell anybody. Oh, are we live? Oh shit. Um, yeah, but I think I just think it's gonna be a weird game. Um, a DJ Taylor fumble on a punt could swing everything. A bad Jaden Daniels interception. You just really don't know. Um, but I think Rashad White and that offense, there's too many stars on this ASU offense to say that U of A has a real chance. But you know, if ASU wants to beat themselves again, we can totally see it happening. Um I also do not think that they cover. There's, no, I, in my opinion, I don't think that they put up an extra twenty over U of A. I think U of A is just too motivated, too determined. But I think it depends on uh, how much they're able to stop the run versus not stop the run. For U of A, they have uh, like they're ranked number one hundred in the FBS. They give up an average of about one hundred seventy-seven yards per game on the ground. And if you are Rashad White, you're going to eat that up. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I don't anticipate seeing ASU pass. I don't think Jaden Daniels is going to find his confidence. I think this is going to be a run game. I think you're going to see them establish the run, maybe pass the ball a little bit, but I think that it's really going to eat away at the clock. I don't think they have time to get up by three touchdowns personally, but um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Prediction. Come on, what do you got? Are, are, what are you say, 27-17? I got 27-17, yeah. Um, I'm going to go 31-24 ASU. All right, yeah. same ballpark. There you go. Yeah, yeah, I'm probably right in that range. I want. I think I'm. I'm going to go with a lot of field goals. Um, I think that's what's going to happen. I think uh, ASU is uh, going to put up. Don't count on ASU hitting those. Yeah, I'm talking more U of A. I think ASU is going to put up 24. U of A puts up like a gross 15 with five field goals. That's right. That's right. A battle in the trenches there, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll we'll see what happens, but um, we'll get to our pick of the week for DraftKings Sportsbook in a little bit. Um. But if you want to bet on that, more than welcome. Down to the DraftKings Sportsbook app. That is uh, my DraftKings pick of the week, by the way. Wow. That was, I thought that was our pick of the week. Is it we, not? Yeah, we, we'll, we'll get to that in a second when we talk about the Pac-12. But from a player's perspective, let's see what ASU is expecting um, against U of A. These are what some of the players said. Yeah, I think uh, it's always a big week when it comes to rivalry week, especially, you know, this rivalry in particular. Um, things get pretty heated, emotions get pretty high. So I think, you know, coming into this game, we're just ready to go 1-0 and again. I think we need to get back to home, go 1-0, and um, just finish what we started. I, I'd say that they're a team worth respecting, you know. It's a rivalry game, so even like the my rivalry game in high school, no matter what they did to anybody else that that season, we are going to have to play our best game versus them, you know. For us, it was Ennis um, at Waxahachie. But, uh, so we know this is going to be a game that's going to be physical, it's going to be tough, and it's going to be a dogfight. No matter what the score is at the end, it's going to be a physical game, you know. Every, you can guarantee that both them and us are going to play our best game. Um, and I think, you know, 
know, for the younger guys, they'll notice really quickly whether it's through practice, you'll see some of the older guys. Like for me, it was watching, you know, Nikhil, Manny, um, even Chase. Uh, I could just see how serious they took practice that week, and I think that's what the younger guys are going to start to see. I think they are a lot better team than their record, and they have some impactful players, and this is a game that we need to – a rivalry game. We need to play really good. We need to play our best game. This is um, – seniors, some of our seniors last time playing in this stadium, so I think it's a pretty important game to us. And then once you get to game time, I mean, coming in on the buses and seeing the tailgates, like, there's so many people here, it's it's ridiculous, you know. You might have, you, you have people, you know, screaming at the bus, and then you got people cheering for you at the bus, so it, it, it's definitely a big deal. Um, and I, I think the young guys are going to adapt pretty well and um, play well. Mike, if you could fill in on one position on Juve's roster tomorrow, what would it be? If I could fill in, like, yeah, it's, and, and you're, you're a stud, though. You're not. Well, you're no, not okay. So right we're, we're assuming that I'm a five-star uh, prospect yeah. here. Um, it'd be cool. I already assumed. Yeah, no. I mean, it goes without <laughs> saying. I mean, I don't know why we needed to preface that in the first place, Dane. Um, quarterback. Uh, yeah. They're they're just they're just so limited with Will Plummer. I mean, he's shown some some moxie, some you know, some real gumption out there. But you know, if you have a quarterback that matters, you know, it it makes things different for a lot of people for sure. I that would be my position for sure. I think I'd be a center and I'd be like, guys, just don't move. Just wait, wait until, wait until you see Jaden running and then you can move. No and then you can do, starts. right. No Everybody more false stop. starts. No, the false starts do crack me up. Excuse I will me. say. I it's, it's, it, it's bizarre because right. it's not like false start here, false start there. There's been three separate occasions where they've had back-to-back false starts. One of them was right out of a timeout. And you know the snap insane. count. It's yeah, especially after a timeout. It's insane. <laughs> well, I'd be a linebacker. Yeah, I can see that a little bit of that Vontez Burfick streak. Yeah. <laughs> I, well, I mean, I'm I can see break it to tossed. Like I'm a very like well, I've gotten tossed before. Like I know how to fall. I mean, I know I fell down the stairs and broke my ankle, but that does not count because uh, there was something that uh, tripped me that shouldn't have been there, and that one my hands but i do know how to fall i've gotten hit on a football sideline before i mean hell i slid down the side of a freaking four inch piece of wood scraped my legs up like i mean i've flipped around a four inch piece of wood i'm not scared to have somebody running at me full speed and try to stop them fuck i run full speed at stationary objects and flipped over them for years like um i have people shoot at me for takedowns or i did when i used to do um, mma and stuff so i feel like i personally would be a great linebacker i think that that would be a prime spot for me so, yeah, I would love to play linebacker. Especially if Darian Butler isn't able to play tomorrow. They're pretty deep. But... Let me shoot up, Coach. I'm ready. <laughs> Actually, I'm not. I still have oh. cast on, too, so I'm not ready. But Well, Mike, I'm sorry for this next part because I don't have your graphic um, for – I don't know if you have one, but we'll – No, I don't have one. I'm, I'm we'll, along for the ride, guys. We'll, we'll call it your Wildcat whims. Um, what are your three things you want to see um, from the Wildcats to hopefully try to make this game close or even win it? Uh, don't first of all, and these are going to be pretty basic, but don't turn the ball over Arizona in any game. They turn the ball over loses and they lose big. So you can't turn the ball over. Um, no terrible interceptions. Uh, plumber's been in the games. They've won plumber's been much better about that. Um, you're going to have to stop the run too. I mean, ASU and my ASU, in my opinion, probably has about as good a, you know, a, uh, troika of running backs as there is in the conference. Um, you're going to have to stop them because if I'm ASU, I'm 100% coming at Arizona or uh, I'm coming at Arizona in the trench or, and I'm coming at him pretty much yeah. all game. And then allow Jaden Daniels to keep being Jaden Daniels. I mean, 
You know, I thought after Jane Daniels freshman year, I was like, man, you know, he wasn't great, but there were games like I think it was the Oregon game where he threw for like 400 yards or something like that. He where it had like phenomenal moments. Yeah. And it looked like this was going to be a difference maker, a different kind of cat entirely, a different kind of wild cat. Um, Stop it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> but uh, he but he, he just hasn't been that guy. So don't let him get on track. Let him. So those are basically the three things. It's fairly simple. But, you know, with Arizona, we don't get too complex down here with our. Football. Yeah. Angry Graham in the chat. Uh, Angry Graham in the chat says red zone for U of A. Yeah, there you in the go. Red zone and they choke. So red right? zone efficiency. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, Britt, your three pitchfork points onward to victory. Um, what are they? Whew. All right. Well, first and foremost, it's going to be uh, making sure they get off to a quick start because Arizona State does not do well when they have to play for behind. We've seen that before. I mean, um, if U of A, like I mentioned to Mike Luke, is able to get in Arizona State's head, uh, the confidence already isn't there offensively. You don't want to see that. If if U of A goes up 14 nothing early and ASU struggling to establish any sort of offense, I think that that could very quickly become a problem. U of A's defense can feast on that in terms of uh, finding some momentum to try to shut things down, and it can just get ugly. Um, so I think it's really going to come down to having a fast start offensively. Um, also, clean play. Seven fucking offensive fall starts. Like, are you kidding me? I can't. I can't. It's not even like – and some, they're not even all on the offensive line. You had three on skilled positions, two on a running back and one on a wide receiver. Um, clean that shit up. I'm tired of it. I know it's home game. I know it's the last game of the season. I know at this point it really doesn't even matter. But still, annoying key to victory. Um, and then third and last is going to be stopping the run. Um, you know, I think Arizona – if you can shut down the run, you're really going to have to force them to pass the ball, and that's where you open up some issues. You allow um, – I mean, Arizona State does a great job in terms of uh, interceptions, uh, pass breakups, stuff like that. That's where you really start to allow the defense to get creative, yeah. and I think that defense where the strength lies. I think that they're really going to carry them throughout this game too. So those are my three keys. Love it. William Jasper in the chat says, run, time of possession, penalties, all three big points. I have one pitchfork point. All right, what do you got, Shane? It's it's don't beat yourself. If ASU doesn't beat themselves, they win this game handedly. I mean, the talent, it's it's just not close. Just don't beat yourself. the nail on the head. Yeah, I mean that's it, it's an obvious thing. A blind person could have seen that. You just yeah, to, don't be. We have glasses on, though. We have glasses on, Shane, so it helps. Mike Luke, Even I have games that they win. Even in Mike... games that they win, it's literally it's like if you walk in, <laughs> ASU is the equivalent of walking into your friend's house that you're concerned about because they're kind of suicidal and they're like trying to hang themselves, and you're like, oh wait, no, Ooh. and they're like, no, no, oh yeah, no, 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 and then the games that they lose, it's like. Well, fuck, I didn't get here in time. They they hung themselves. Mike, I know it's I'm, not funny because it's a suicide joke, but it's kind of where we're at in terms of this team. It's like they're on the edge of the cliff. They don't know if they want to just jump off the edge and say fuck it or if they want to stay here and commit to trying to win. Mike Luke, I'm uh, I'm almost legally blind. My vision is negative four and a half out of 20. So um, Holy shit. All right, wow. Yeah. All right, well, yeah. It's good. Well, the glasses look sharp. As do the headphones. Hey, oh come on! Thank you. I got, I got, I got ripped on because these headphones. Because they said that I was about to throw down a DJ set. They no, are DJ no, headphones. I, I like them. What's I wrong with the DJ, DJ set, man? We're on a college show. Drop that DJ set. Let's I did go. use the DJ Maybe in we'll college. Get more followers. Uh, fun fact. Shane, I did. why have so, you not made you? us a bomb ass intro song yet? Then come on. I used to DJ. I'm not very good at making music. Um, last thing before we get to it, Mike Luke, you mentioned you had something on that Go PHNX website that you were working on. Can you tell the people about the, uh, maybe some U of A basketball stuff that's going on? Oh, well, yeah. U of A hoops right now is, uh, it feels, it feels like they're back, you know, 
four or five years where they haven't really been nationally relevant. And now you got a team that's getting up and down, that's making plays all up and down the court. And quite frankly, they, they ran Michigan, they ran Michigan out of the gym. Um, that was, you know, that was one of the more impressive performances I've seen in a while. So uh, when they get back and hopefully have some one-on-ones with the players and the coach and just kind of see, you know, exactly where, uh, you know, if they saw this coming, what's so much different than last year? So, yeah, that should be coming up this week for sure. I love it. And Britt's got some good stuff available, as always. Mm-hmm. She's going to have a story mm-hmm. about We got our Pac-12 picks. Mm-hmm. I know normally on Friday we go through our Pac-12 picks, but today it was a little bit of a different day with the campus crossover. So much to talk about with both of these teams. Um, so we didn't go through them. Oh, but we'll still interested. get there. We'll still get there. Oh, okay. Yeah, hey, we'll if you're there. interested, though, well, if you want the full rundown, these are – this week, because there's so many rivalries, it's the last week of the season. One of the games – actually, two of the games factor into who wins the Pac-12 North. Um, you have two huge non-conference matchups. It is a great rundown. I have so much stuff broken down for you guys in there. Head on over to go PHNX. Check out our picks for the week, why we're picking them, along with the money line, the spread, the odds, all that stuff. Provided by DraftKings Sportsbook app. Live, updated, as of 9 a.m. today. Head on over there, check it out. You won't be disappointed. Yeah, go PHNX has some good stuff from all across all sports. But also, the PHNX Locker, it's Black Friday, baby. They got deals on deals going on right now. Our Black Friday sale is happening right now. You can get up to 50% off merchandise from the PHNX Locker. And right now, if you sign up for an annual membership, you you get a $60 coupon to spend in the locker. So stock up on those holiday presents right now at phnxlocker.com and go PHNX. Com. All right, Pac-12 picks of the week. Um, we will start where we um, where we where we started the show. Let's just get our Pac-12 pick of the week or our DraftKings pick of the week for our Pac-12 picks out of the way. Um, ASU or U of A at ASU. That's all we've been talking about. Mike Luke, you have U of A covering this i got u of a covering there's my DraftKings pick of the week right there i got u of a covering the 20.5 so you know what they can lose by 20 and you still cover take it to the bank yeah i like that pick as well i might even tease it up to 21 and a half on the DraftKings sportsbook app um but i don't know if that's where i'm gonna go i think i might go with asu's point total but for for the sake of this show i'll go with plus 21 and a half, tease the point total up just in case ASU does win by three touchdowns. Britt, what's your DraftKings pick of the week? My DraftKings pick of the week is going to be Arizona State. Like I said, 31-24. They do not cover. Um, yeah. All, all U of A spread for our DraftKings pick of the week. Guys, if you want to bet on that or anything else, they have the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You can head over to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, download it today, sign up using that promo code PHNX, get $100 in free bets if you place just $1 on any NFL team. Uh, or any NFL game, and if either team in that game scores a point, you get $100 in free bets this week at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You know it's safe and secure and reliable. Do it. You know the drill. Come on, do it. Um, all right, the rest of the games. Um, let's go to Colorado at number 16, Utah. I think we all probably have Utah in this game. Oh, I like Utah. And that game is yeah. kicking off right about now. Yep. That is right. Yep, 2 p.m. Yeah, it must just be kicking off. Um, I, I I don't think anybody has anything else to say about that. It would be a shocker if nope. Colorado's able to win that game. Utah's playing some really good football. I'm so impressed with Such what Cameron Rising. Football. Yeah, Cameron shit. Rising has been able to do to step no into that role. He has been so damn good um, for that Utah football team. They're number 16 right now. Um, next game, Washington State at Washington, the Apple Cup. Um, are we excited for this game, guys? <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm I really like it. I think Washington. I think Washington State's actually been fairly good, to be yeah, honest. Surprisingly, I mean, I've been pretty. I've been pretty um, impressed by what I've yeah. seen since they they taken over. I, I I like Washington State in that game. I do too. I really think with Washington State since after the loss to USC. That was kind of the turning point for them in terms of when they came out as a different team. I think uh, the first four to five games, they weren't necessarily themselves. And then the last six, they've been on fire. So, See you and Utah under. Bet the under, William Jasper says. Well, if you want to live bet it right now, it's probably already started. Maybe you can get that line in just uh, before kick. Um, but DraftKings has updated odds really fast. So mm-hmm. um, if there's a quick first touchdown on the first drive, then you can bet the under in that game and get some um, better odds on that under. Um, next game we have is uh, Oregon State at Oregon. I need the to Civil write War. myself a note. You guys okay. can continue. Just don't bother me rushing around like a I, I think this game's. Like. I think this game's going to be closer than people so think. So do I. I, I actually do, have I, Oregon State in this game. I do too. I, you know, I'm glad you went there, Shane. I'm glad you jumped off first because I'm going to follow you off that. <laughs> Um, I, I think that or, I, I, I'm a big fan of Jonathan Smith and what he's done at Oregon mm-hmm. State. Um, I, that's a tough place to win, and they've been competent in every game. Uh, Mario Cristobal, I think, is the epitome of a guy that you want to be better than he is as a coach. He's a great recruiter, but just for whatever reason, there there's something missing there. I think from a coaching perspective, I think he Oregon would be but, better yeah. off as a recruiting coordinator solely, and not. A I would agree coach. with that. I think Oregon State wins this game. Right now in the DraftKings Sportsbook, I've got that line's at plus seven, so you can get a full touchdown cover spread I got on Oregon, Oregon State. State. Too, but you can also take their money line at a juicy plus 220. Betting $10 on that game will return you a nice 22 bucks. Um, so Let's if you're not confident forget, that, I believe Oregon State won the game last year, too, and I know it was a little bit of a uncharacteristic game uh, for the Civil War. But, uh Yeah. Um, all right, next game we have number five Notre Dame um, at Stanford. What are we thinking, guys? <laughs> Notre Dame uh, mollywops the hell out of Stanford. Stanford's so beat up, they cannot generate anything. They have been limping towards the finish line for about the last five weeks. Yeah, I, I think I Stanford. I think Shaw's one. I've been saying this for a couple of years. I think Shaw's one of the more overrated coaches in the country. Um, yeah. I don't know how you justify keeping him around at that contract. Um, I think I think Notre Dame I think Notre Dame's gonna smack Stanford. That line is only at 20 and a half. So if you think they're gonna win by more than three touchdowns, you can hammer that right now on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And do it. This is gonna be a fun yeah, one. Yeah, I probably I think. should. BYU at UCLA. DTR is playing no, some inspired USC. football. But Sorry, USC's, did I put UCLA? You put they're UCLA on there. I should know that uh, now. It's my Cal apologies, at UCLA. They're at USC. Yeah, UCLA or uh, USC. That's my bad because I literally updated that while we were on here because I remembered I forgot to add that one in um, initially when I put the rundown down. And so we were talking and I was typing and I accidentally typed. Well, that UCLA spread, we that spread is also seven points favoring uh, U or BYU. That game's at USC. What do you think is going to happen in that game, guys? Uh, I think BYU is another team that's been playing incredibly hot football. Uh, they have, just like San Diego State, continued to play daddy to the Pac-12 and have won all four of their games against Pac-12 opponents so far. And I think that this weekend they go ahead and make it five with uh, wrapping it up with a win against USC. Yeah, I like BYU. I think USC's I think USC's uh, uh, thrown in the towel. I think they're yeah. out. I think I think yep. BYU. I'm surprised the line's that low. I think yeah, BYU I think that. BYU covers that as well. Yeah. Um, and our last one, Cal at UCLA. 
Uh, this game's gross. UCLA has been playing better, but I just anything, any game that I mean, Cal's playing okay too, but right. I don't know. I don't know about this game. I think that I think that you're looking at a team right. I think you're looking at a team right now with with UCLA where, um, I think their I think their offense is pretty good. Um, and when in doubt, when I think a team's just kind of bland and generic, I'm going to go with the team that uh, I'm going to go with the I'm going to go with UCLA in this game. Yeah. I am as well on that line. Uh, of I also sports, have, that was UCLA minus six Cal, and a half. Hmm. Why is that? Why do I have Cal? Well, let me tell you, because I think uh, Cal got off to a little bit of a rough start this year. And it took them some time to find their rhythm, but they have hit quite a stride and they are coming in hot. Um, they won last week. I know they had a little bit of a postponement because of all of the COVID stuff, but they are still in search of becoming bowl eligible they have to win this week, and then they're going to have to win against USC next week. But I think that the mentality of this team right now and where they're at, they finally are finding themselves. I think they're playing inspired football in terms of they're, they're irritated at the fact that they got held back and they had to go through all the COVID bullshit again. They were the first team that had – the only team that really had any issues this whole year. Um, so, yeah, I think that they are just uh, in a little bit of a different place. They're playing really clean. They are tied for third in the nation in terms of uh, fumbles. They've only given away the ball twice this year. Um, they have – Pretty decent offense. I mean, they're averaging about 415 yards a game. Their defense is uh, really strong as well. They're um, number 45 in the FBS. So, I mean, they're in the top third of the country. Um, overall, just looking at this, I think that they're trending in the right direction. I feel like UCLA already is bowl eligible. Yes, they're going to want to win, but it's not going to be with the same motivation in terms of uh, what Cal is coming into this game playing with. I think at this point in the season, UCLA is beat down. They're tired. Um Cal has had a much better done much better in terms of passing the ball this year. UCLA has the worst pass defense in all of the Pac-12. I think that opens things up in terms of Cal's playing ability. Yeah, I got Cal in this one. We'll see what ends up happening, but I think DTR goes for like 300 all-purpose yards and they stomp, but that is just my guess. Guys, we will ASU will the ASU show will be live again tonight at around 7:30. Um ASU plays Loyola Chicago at 5 to hopefully not come in last place in the battle for Atlantis. Um, I'm glad they're playing back to back though, because maybe they can figure some stuff out after a pretty hot night shooting the ball uh, yesterday. Hey, let me tell you the key to being a fan of no expectations in the state of Arizona. Ding, 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 have zero expectations and you will never be disappointed. My friends, if you go in thinking like, I don't know, like I literally don't know what's going to happen. I'm not going to plan for anything. And then you mentally prepare yourself for like, hey, I could probably drive home and like want to actually cry myself into like hysteria. And then, yeah, I mean, if you mentally prepare for it and then it happens, you're kind of just like, meh, I don't know. And then you just kind of let it roll off your shoulders. And I, I, I say this because, I mean, it's Thanksgiving weekend. I am very thankful in terms of where I'm at right now. Um, I feel like I've grown a lot as a person because when I was younger, prime example, when I was 14, Super Bowl weekend, I was a huge Tom Brady fan. Uh, the 2011 Super Bowl that the New England Patriots played in against the New York Giants, and my family's all Giants fans, I went batshit insane, could not control myself, like literally felt like my world was caving in, um, tried to fight people, did fight people, physically fought people, um, went at people online. Um, it's not worth it. I feel like the amount I've been able to grow as a person in terms of taking a step back and just like having no expectations and also just kind of being like, Hey, it's a game, man. It's not the end of the world. No matter what I still wake up tomorrow and my life has absolutely nothing to do with what happened on that field. Keep that in mind. 
Have a blessed weekend, everyone. I'll stop Boom. rambling now. <laughs> well, yeah, we will be live after that game tonight, and also we will be live together tomorrow right after the ASU um, U of A football game. Uh, guys, thanks again for joining us on the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. Leave a like, subscribe. If you're listening on audio, leave a nice review for us. You can follow me at Shane D. If you can follow Brittany at Live with Britt. You can follow PHNX underscore Wildcats for Mike Luke. And Mike Luke, what is your at for your personal account? At Iron Mike Luke. At Iron Mike Luke. So be, for, be sure to follow us and be sure to follow PHNX underscore sports across all socials. Guys, have a good one and we will see you later tonight. Peace.